Depressed in the Midwest. That is so good. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah, that's our new theme song. Shout out to my wife, Emily, for uh, lending vocals to it. Please don't touch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so good. I just love our theme song so much. <laughs> hey, yo, repressed in the Midwest. Here we be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Episode two. Look at us. We actually broke the fear of our pilot episode and we're pushing on. Episode two. <laughs> I'm proud of you guys. I'm proud of us. Um, I'm Jess, and then we have Ashley, of course, and Aaron. Say hi. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I'm here. Hi. Um, guess what? It's guest episode. <laughs> we have Whitney here, who is our guest spotlighted uh, for our body positivity episode. Uh, Whitney, tell us about yourself and why you're here and <laughs> things like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hi, y'all. Uh, I'm Whitney. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked to be here and talk about what I love the most. Um, and this is like the perfect episode for what I what I love. So thanks for having me. Um, so hi, I'm Whitney. Uh, I am from Columbus slash Canton, Ohio slash Dayton, Ohio. Um, I've pretty much lived thirds in all of those places of my life. And um, I'm a body positive photographer. I do it full time. Um, and what that looks like is a lot of beautiful naked or half naked humans celebrating their bodies and um, releasing shame and uh, shitty feels around body positivity and learning to just step into their authenticity and let her rip. So Stoked to be here. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> I do follow you on the Insta and I love your photography. I I just, I don't know. I obviously don't know you very well, but I feel like I know you just based off of your, off of your photography. Like you have the most like expressive sort of presence about you. Like I can tell exactly how you're feeling and you like you definitely can um very easily translate like your feels in photo in photography like I think you do a fantastic job thank you you're welcome and so for anyone wondering what we do here at repressed in the midwest uh so this is all just about like if you are listening and you have grown up in the midwest you might kind of understand already but it's like we we came together with, I think 2020 really got a lot of people thinking, which is good. I, I definitely self-reflected a lot. And I think a common theme is just like, no, no fucks given. Let's just do what we want to do, say what we want to say, <laughs> and just live this life. So here we are. We started a podcast. Woo! <laughs> And specifically, um, a lot of conversations were had because of video chatting, the way of communicating in 2020. <laughs> and interestingly, there was a lot of conversations that just 
you know, ended up having a few beers and we're just talking about sexuality and things like that. And so we decided to make a podcast about it, especially because we're Midwesterners that feel like in our upbringing, just like our freaking song says, our, our title song, like it's just don't, don't think about it. Don't touch yourself. Don't have sex till you're married. Don't, don't do anything. Don't even, no, no, shame, 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 shame on your naked body. <laughs> so we want to break those barriers. Let's talk about it. Let's get people comfortable. And, but it's not just bodies. It's everything. It's, it's a mental thing. It's a, it's, it's everything. So it's just, let's break that stigma down. Let's not be so uncomfortable about any of that. I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> I've been listening and taking it all in a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So today is specifically body positivity. I think in our first episode, oh yeah, first episode, first times we talked about losing the V card (laughs) (laughs) and all of the uncomfortability that comes with that and the comedy that comes with that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But today... Yeah, we're just going to talk about the body positivity movement. I think it's especially strong lately in the last few years. Um, and yeah, we want to we want to tie that in. And I think it's, I don't know, I, I'm still kind of struggling with how to tie it into our scene. Do you guys already have some ideas? Um, I mean, I guess like, I don't know. I'm just thinking of like a broader, like cultural sense and kind of like what's happened, like in the past couple of decades with just like what we see on TV and like toys and like, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then obviously I think in the past couple of years, like people have been turning more to like photography and kind of like Whitney does a lot of my friends have become really involved in that kind of sphere. And like, I don't want to say it was ever taboo, but I mean, like now it's more acceptable. Now people are like, honing into like their their bodies with just like more different like body type representation um but I mean you also have like the double side of that like not everybody's body is a political statement there's a lot to unpack here I know it's true yeah it's the focus of it's the focus of attention every every day all the time I mean on social media it's just in your face in every form or fashion. Like, I feel like most of my Instagram is just all about the body, the body, the body, the body. If it's a Instagram model, if it's just like cosplay, if it's photography, if it's like art, especially like, dude, there was an artist on Instagram. There is an artist, not what, not past tense. They're gone now. I know. There is an artist who does this like, uh, like basically pornographic paintings. It's, it's good. It's really good and tasteful, but like, I actually like masturbated to one. I was like, yeah, I'm feeling it. I got it. It's a good painting. (laughs) Like two girls eating each other out. Okay. Yeah. That's graphic. (laughs) I know. And it's a straight up painting and she does everything in a very uh fantasy sort of medieval theme so like all of the guys will be kind of like either knights or like castles that are like morphed into bodies that like have dicks and shit I don't know it's weird (laughs) 
Anywho, my, yeah, I will show you. Get that chain mail shaking, right? (laughs) I will show you, yeah. But anyways, my point is it's, it's, it's the body is in front of our eyes all day long, all the time. So uh, there is a lot of unpacking with this episode, potentially. (laughs) How do you think the general Midwest um, take maybe your, from your respective conservative small town like, what do you think the take is on the body positivity movement? I think, I mean, personally, I mean, it's hard to say. I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of men who secretly don't mind, but. <laughs> I'm sure it's generational, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. my grandma is still probably confused as fuck. Like, what is going on? Why do you, like, why are you celebrating that? What? Just because that's her generation. She's so stuck in like her ways. Um, I think that this generation now, um, you know, 20s, 30s, maybe even 40s are just stepping into like that open-mindedness. Um, so I think it's just generational. I think it, and it differs um, in all parts of the world. But de- definitely for me in the Midwest, that's my experience. Mm-hmm. So I think there was definitely... Uh, um, when was your what era is your grandmother from? Like 50s, 40s? Um, she's she's in her mid 80s right now. Okay. So she would have been okay, yeah. So she would have been right before like the sexual revolution of like the 70s and okay, yeah. So what's interesting is I feel like a lot of um what are they? The gen 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 X is like yes. yeah. kind of like that sexual revolution 80s 70s sort of I feel like they don't mind all of it or after I feel like they don't mind as much but I think what happened with us and this is a theory that I read in a book once and I'm interested to see what you guys think um the AIDS epidemic in the 80s kind of like the sexual revolution that had came before that kind of shrunk back into its butthole after the AIDS <laughs> thing busted out in the world. And I feel like we came, we were born right after that. Like most of us were born in the eighties. So like, it was kind of like, Ooh, maybe we should not be promiscuous. Maybe we should be more careful. And like, let's like, let's like tighten it back, tighten it back. <laughs> like. <laughs> But it's interesting because I feel like our parents might not have been so, some of our parents might not have been like that, but our grandparents especially are. I would love to talk about my experience growing up as a kid. And I I mean, I grew up Catholic, Mm -hmm. um, which is a whole other entity inside of itself in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, But my parents um, walked around naked and like showered in front of me naked and, um, went to the bathroom in front of me like it, it, there was no shame there and so like I grew up in a household where it was not shameful but I grew up in a society where it was mm-hmm. so now growing up and in my intimate relationships I'm the first one to pee with the door open and dudes are like what are you mm-hmm. doing and I'm like I'm peeing, I'm peeing with the door open because I'm comfortable because I've been comfortable doing it my whole life mm-hmm. so I really feel like I had a special upbringing and unique upbringing where a lot of the people in the midwest maybe didn't have that and yeah. so I feel like what I have is, is unique to others. So I'm interested to hear your experiences. Well, I actually grew up with my grandparents, so it was very opposite. Um, we didn't talk about sex. We didn't, 
discuss it ever. I never talked to my parents about anything intimate, sexual, body images, nothing. Like I, I didn't to talk f- to them about that either. Apparently, I just like to walk around naked. <laughs> yeah, I well, isn't that weird? Like, but I'm I totally feel okay with mm-hmm. walking around naked. I mean, I'm not talking about right. the taboo subjects. I think that creates like. That's good, though, because that's creating like this kind of unspoken subconscious acceptance of like my body is my body, like whatever, you know, Um, but like my my, so I called my grandparents, my mom and dad, they literally raised me my entire life. So they were my mom and dad. But uh, basically, my mom was from that era of like she had to be dressed perfectly, makeup on, hair done. No one could come over unless she was fully presentable. She judged books by their cover 100%. Like she was always verbalizing, like, that's not right. They shouldn't do that. That's not right. Da 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 da. You know? Um, and it's like, well, what, what do you mean? Like, my mom made me tuck in my shirt for years and years. I would, I have very vivid memories of getting off of the bus for school and like having to frantically tuck back in my shirt before I walk in the door. It was just all about an image, but that wasn't necessarily like positive in my upbringing because it made me think like things had to be like, oh, so specifically ordered and proper and like, but yeah, it's a very different sort of. Was your mom a perfectionist? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so was mine. Yeah. So, of course, us growing up in the Midwest with perfectionist mothers, uh, they expected (laughs) us to be this, like, perfect, like, in a box Mm -hmm. child when, like, in reality, sexuality isn't in a fucking box. No, it's not. It's not. I I mean, and I love, I love that you were able to, like, pee in front of people because, like, I mean, I know, well, I know, I know guys, I know guys, and I'm thinking of someone in particular, perhaps, so maybe this isn't, like, a great example, but they are, like, they, okay, they, they come from a family of all boys, no sisters, um, and I, I don't know, her, their mom is, yeah, well, yeah, it's like a, it, but but my point is uh, he is like appalled by the idea of a woman like pooping and peeing. <laughs> oh my God. That's so. I know. <laughs> I know. That's it's unrealistic. Ridiculous. I know. And that's what I'm always trying to tell them is like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's a very simple bodily function that then we maybe all they have to do. Then maybe they should be with a man if they don't understand a woman doing it. That's such a good point. Just, just saying. No, I'm just saying. Like, is. fuck off. And it's such a, we it, poop and pee. It's such a weird insecurity. It really is. Um. <laughs> well, they're just like, they have that like unhealthy expectation of a woman who's like proper and doesn't fart and looks pretty all the time and wakes oh. up looking like a Barbie doll like all the time. <laughs> Let's be honest, that person is not happy. No, no, they have like yep. deeply rooted insecurities. I know one of my friends from college, she has a long-term boyfriend, but he's never like, they're about to get married. He's never seen her without makeup. She's like, oh. like in the 1950s, how women would like go to sleep with their cold cream. They'd wake up, get ready before their husbands wake up. That's what she does. And this is 2021. And how long have they been together? Oh, it has to be like seven years now. So, I mean, like these kind of things are still going on. And I think that just blows my mind. 
Yes, wow. I hate that. I want to think like me crazy. Yeah, I think we're so far past that, but apparently, like we're not. <laughs> we're not. Yeah. We're not. Oh my I have God. some data s- to suggest that we are largely past that, but yeah, the last Ooh. vestiges of that are going to be pretty strong. Ashley, what was your upbringing like in this context? Yeah. So like, I would definitely say my mom was a total perfectionist, um, but she, uh, my mom, that's so crazy. <laughs> we all had, yes. <laughs> <Damn. laughs> but um, my mom was like also very young when she had me. So my mom has always just been my best friend. So like, I don't know, like I didn't have like a strict like dress code or anything. Like there wasn't really like expectations for me in that sense. And they always like, you know, wanted to promote like body positivity and just like female empowerment. My mom was like really big on that. And like, she works for like a nonprofit, like that's literally their whole job. So like, I've always grown up with that. And they've also, I don't know, my parents were just really big on like having me like experience all the experiences, like making sure I have those like creative outlets. So I think in a sense, like I was a little bit sheltered because a lot of my friends had insecurities and like, I just, I didn't have those experiences. (laughs) And I, I mean, in high school and everything, like that's a big, like, you know, time for growth as a young woman. And that's not to say I felt like super comfortable in my body, but I just, I think your upbringing does have a lot in like how you view yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I can definitely say my mom gave me some fucked up image perspectives Mm. because like, I remember the first year I went back home after moving to Minnesota, I literally step into the doorway of my house and have not seen my mom for like a year and a half. And the very first thing she says to me is, why are you wearing your hair like that? (laughs) Oh Oh my God. (laughs) So I resonate with uh, that. I resonate. It's so annoying, but yeah. So I definitely think upbringing caused me to just in general, be constantly like hyper aware of my image and how I look and blah, 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 blah. And how I present myself to people. Oh, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. And it doesn't have to be. And it doesn't have to be is the point. Yeah. It's just like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Who does care? A lot of people do. Mm. I also was talking to people at work about um this. My HR lady was talking. I had to sit through like a two hour health insurance thing. It sucked, but we started, I know we started talking about, uh, TikTok. I don't have TikTok. I refuse, yeah, I don't but either. She, she does. And she was like, oh my God, did you know that like the Gen Zers are like starting this thing with millennials where like, they're trying to be the trendsetters. They're saying that like middle parts are in side parts are out. Mm-hmm. Ew, gross millennials. They're saying, I think it's fucking hilarious. They're saying skinny the jeans are millennials out. Millennials can't take a joke. You, we, we are doomed. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious, but I'm also like, you fucking stupid kids. First of all, you're stealing the nineties from us again. Like, why are you stealing our childhood? Like you didn't grow up in the nineties. We did. They Jess don't know any better. Get, <laughs> Jess says, know. get off my lawn. Get off my like, lawn. That's... Yeah. Get out of here. Why are you you're wearing sketchers again? We already went through that phase. Come on now. You're copying us. <laughs> I do kind of like want to bring up a point though. So like we think about 90s, 2000s, like I'm thinking like top model, like 
you know, like size zero, like that's the body. You want to be like just a rail and, um, obviously like, yeah, unhealthy, but then we fast forward to today and going back to this idea of like, have we actually changed? I mean, we think of who we're presented with now, like the Kardashians, it's just skinny, skinny, fat ass. So like, (laughs) is this an illusion of progress or, I mean, what do you guys think? I think, uh, I, I think do. We have think, to, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, oh, no, no, please. I was just going to say, I think that we need to work as a collective and like as humans, as a collective, like it can't just be pieces and parts of places that people are like, oh, I want to view this. I want to view bodies as this like just beautiful vessel that holds our souls in. Like, I really think that it's going to have to, it's going to take a huge collective energetic movement and especially you know just what Ashley was saying like you know back in the 50s this shit was happening and there's still women that are not even letting their husbands see them without makeup like what kind of space are we living in so like the more conscious I think that the human race becomes the more we will be able to um, truly dive into like accepting our bodies as what they are right now Mm -hmm. I think uh, I, so interestingly, I was having, th- there was a conversation that came up just about like having self-doubt and depression and that can stem from, you know, body image and thoughts of that and the general collective thoughts of body image. But the point is that I'm trying to make is they mentioned that we're always going to have self-doubt, like that will always be in existence. And I feel like people forget this all the time. Like we're always trying to push for positive, 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 feel good, feel good, feel good, feel good. But that's fucking dangerous too, because you're just suppressing. And I think it's like what you were saying, Whitney, that it needs to just be like a collective, hopefully we can get to a point where it's not even about like, feel good, feel good, feel good, feel good. We just accept our bodies for what they are. Yep. We just accept and we stop talking about it all the time. Yeah. Like, can we just stop talking about it all the time? Like we have bodies, they're all different. There's so many types of them. Like we're always going to have self-doubt. There's always going to be something wrong or something not exactly the way we want it. Who the fuck cares? Like, let's just be happy in our bodies and accept them for what they are and not worry about it on any side of it. And I think that also it stems from uh, like, it stems from healing from when we're kids. Like we have all this trauma and just like the three of us share, you know, we have these perfectionist parents. So what do they set us up for? They set us up for fucking failure. Of course, we're not going to like ourselves because we're judging ourselves because we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm sure you ladies have gotten to that point where you're like, okay, well, cool. I'm not perfect and I'm human. So like, here I am. And that's why we're in this podcast together. And however, there's still women and men who are struggling with that and letting mm-hmm. go of the judgment and the not only judgment of self, but judgment of others. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, like when I think about my mom being a perfectionist and how she would talk to me and how she would explain things to me, I'm like, damn, if she can talk to me like that, I wonder how she's treating herself. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I want to put like a terminology to kind of like this concept that we're talking about, because I read this really uh, kind of basic article, but it's just talking about how we want to shift from body positivity to just like body neutrality. Like I, yes, (laughs) yeah. Yes. Body neutrality. I, I like that. Sort of. Uh, well, and like, like Whitney's role in this is like a, a force for positivity and like 
too much negativity and body neutrality probably should where should be sort of where we end up but like i i like the body positivity movement for its diversity of representation and people can like even with i don't know lingerie or whatever so much emily's into the, everybody in here knows emily my wife she's really into that and like so the sort of like more progressive women ran like lingerie brands like even like up to Rihanna and Savage. Oh my God, I love all my money. <laughs> I know. Well, and yeah, they've gotten too much of my money too. Uh, but like that sort of diversity of representation is important. But with any sort of cultural shift, there is like a chance to overcorrect. Um, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to point out that like, I think that it's the same thing when you talk about equity in, in race or um, any sort of like disparate sort of category of person, like seeing yourself represented in some way is meaningful. I used to think it was like too much was being made of um, but ideal body image, but like seeing yourself <laughs> reflected back in some way is, is powerful. Mm -hmm. I agree with you, especially if the human that is capturing you has a gift. Mm -hmm. Because it, I've been I've been in front of a lot of photographers. I don't feel like I can walk the walk and talk the talk without doing both. And so, like, I'm on both ends of the lens all the time. And I have worked with some really, un, I have worked in some really uncomfortable situations with really uncomfortable photographers who are invasive or bossy or touchy or suggestive or provocative like I'm up to something different and so when I use the word body positivity I love that you guys are like bringing this up because it's controversial it could be it could be from one extreme to the other and maybe the word body positivity is turning people away from what I'm up to because what I'm really up to is like deep healing it's not just you know images being given to you that are beautiful of yourself it's a healing and it's a healing experience um the whole process is so um i'm really glad that you brought that up yeah i like that because it's not just like pretty pictures of people it's just it's like it and it's not even about the final outcome it's about the whole experience and process that they're going the through journey. with you yeah yep and then those photos are not necessarily like the goal end product. They're just like a memory of that experience. That's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> yeah. They're the tangible thing that someone can hold when they're done and really relive. Uh-oh. <laughs> that was the longest lap time I've gotten at my computer desk ever. She's usually not oh, yeah. into lap sitting at my computer desk because <laughs> my chair's not quite like... All right. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Whitney, um, would you say like your client experience just kind of like depends on the client? Like you're like customizing it to like make sure like they have like that good experience, or you think it's kind of just like something they like work through more like a therapy kind of thing? Like how would you describe it? It is. It is tailored to every individual. Um, every single client that I work with, I get to know them on a deep level. I get to know what their deepest insecurities are, what their desires are for the shoe, what their end goal is, um, you know, what they're afraid of, boundaries, et cetera. So it's like, it's a, it's a bonding to create a safe space to let 
the inner diamond shine in the person in front of me so that I can capture their true authentic self. So that what happens is when they have that tangible image of themselves, they can relive that moment of like, oh, this is how I felt when I stepped into authentic me where I could be a freak or I could be a kink or I could explore my kink without judgment or um, so it just, it really is just honestly working to create that safe space so that human beings can really unleash their inner, who they are authentically. And it happens every single time. I don't like, I just magically watch it unfold right in front of my eyes. And I think honestly, it's likely due to my own personal experiences with boudoir and body positive photography. I loved what the experience created for me, but in the, um, context that it was in you know I had a professor in college who basically was like you don't get an A unless you get naked so that's fucking uncomfortable for an 18 year old who yeah like that's I was 18 years old I was a kid that just moved out of my parents house that was like studying photography and then I have this like creep of a professor who's like you have to get naked in order to get an A and the whole class knew it and I proved his theory right like you know, Ugh. didn't get naked and I got a C and I got naked. I got an A. So like I played both sides of it. And I realized that in that moment, like I'm a courageous asshole. Anyways, I live by the seat of my, I fly by the seat of my pants most of the time, but, um, courage is like my middle name. And so I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to do it and see what happens. And I learned in that process that the experience and everything that I learned from taking my clothes off in front of other people and letting them see me and capture me how they saw me um, was was healing for me if it was done in the right space. And so I took trauma and I took something that was really uncomfortable for me and I turned it into a passion and something that I can use to fuel others and lift others up. That's amazing. Mm. So if anybody balks wants to reach out to Whitney and box at, at her prices, realize that she is like actually dating you. Like she is learning you in like the same way that, you know, like. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron always tells me I need to link up with you if I'm in Dayton visiting for any period of time. <laughs> Please do. Yeah, that would be so fun. I've never done anything like that. I've never... The, 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 <laughs> this, this is also something that's weird about 2020 and body. Like, I feel like our bodies are out there a lot now. Like even I've never done a photo shoot ever of myself other than just like some advertisement shots for my art website, like just some basic, like me with my painting, <laughs> but, uh, the only time I've ever tried to take photos of myself was, <laughs> when I thought like maybe I'll start an OnlyFans at the beginning of pandemic <laughs> right right yeah and I'm that's right there with you yeah right they're with you that's uh, well they were terrible like that's kind of when the conversation came up when Aaron's like maybe you can link up with Whitney I'm like that would be great because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing like <laughs> <laughs> I actually just had a gentleman reach out to me a prior client that was like I'm gonna start an OnlyFans and I think I'm gonna need you and I was like Man, I guess I could make a killing off of OnlyFans content. Like I could start doing that. That's also something that I'd love to touch base on is the uh, the difficulty in keeping my private life, my private kink life, and then my safety of like mood, my boudoir, my photography, my business, keeping that separate yet cohesive, yet 
I want to be as authentic as possible. And like, that's who I be. That's who I am. And I have have had this conflict for like years that I need to be this good girl who, you know, this safe space for everybody to come to. When I realized I wasn't being that safe space for myself, like I used to fool around with girls when I was a little girl, authentic Whitney. And, um, I was repressed in the Midwest when I was probably 23, 24, some, something happened. And my partner was like, this is not okay. And so I've just completely shut that part of myself off. And I'm learning now to re like, to be able to revisit it because I'm allowing myself to have that safe space. Finally, after years and years of realizing that it's not just for everybody else, it's for me too. And I can have what I want to. So that is a, a huge like teeter totter of like, how do I keep this professional yet? Also, how do I be me without <laughs> me getting in, myself into trouble? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I used to like be like this, like art model. So I would like sit and pose for like, you know, the painting classes and mm-hmm. I, I never told anyone, I just told them I was the art teacher because I was like, this is a bad thing to be involved in, but oh. I know. I know. I know. I know. I was like a big part (laughs) of Yes. I'm like really cool about it now, but it's kind of like the same thing. Like you just have to come to terms and you have to find that balance. Like you have to speak your truth. Um, And just like another thing with that, I just love like the perception. (laughs) Everyone's perception of you is so different. So like just at the end of the night after the class was over, just seeing what everyone created of you. Some people thought you were skinnier. Some people thought you were, you know, more voluptuous. I don't know. It's just like a beautiful, like progress. So I can only imagine that, you know, I relate to you on that level and I relate to probably your clients and how they feel like in the final outcome. Mm. That's actually really interesting. Mm. The sculpting thing of it all, like seeing, having like a class of people sculpt your body and seeing how they're translating what they're seeing to their sculpture that is, I never really thought about that. And they're probably not going to see the flaws that you see. Also no, certainly not. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I also encourage, and so that's another funny thing that I'd love this happen to is I actually encourage my clients to share their photos because a lot of healing doesn't happen alone. It actually happens in groups. And when you can support other people and people can see the diamond in you or that special little thing about you that you hate about yourself, it really gives you perspective. So I'm sure you've seen on my Instagram, like there's pictures of me on there. And that's because I also need to know that I'm a beautiful human being. And sometimes when I'm beating the shit out of myself, that supports me and seeing that other people love what I'm up to and that I'm supported and that I'm loved and that people appreciate me. And so um, this healing isn't just for one person. It can be a collective for all of us. And I know that it Obviously, it takes courage to share that type of thing, but um, it's definitely encouraged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, this all spawns from people trying to, you know, fight those uncomfortable feelings of their body image of themselves. Like, they're trying to find comfort in themselves and move away from this ideal body image that they're fighting against in the culture. And that's just, I don't know, that's just, it's, Erin, you, you had some input or you had some, something about ideal body image. Tell us, tell us what you had. Yeah. One last note on, on what you were saying. Um, I think, um, 
becoming like making yourself public in that way like when you gave voice to that some like it's like it's a threshold to cross you know like um i have the i have the same type of like body insecurities too but like i also like work in a public space and like sharing that part of myself i could see that like even in the context of only fans or whatever you you know we were referring to earlier like that yeah um it's definitely like a threshold to cross and i kind of like that it's being confronted in this way that it's not it doesn't make you unemployable mm -hmm. like it doesn't you know it's um, fucking human sexuality is human we yeah. grow up and like we're primates we are monkeys basically like we are it's so frustrating you know to be honest with you our nine-year-old came to us i think he was 10 at the time and he told us he was bisexual and we were like how the hell did you know how do you know that and he's like we just had conversations that like that's that's what it is like he's 10 and like i was fooling around with girls when i was nine and my partner was fooling around with dudes when he was nine so like this is human mm -hmm. And for us to shame it, like, I get it. There's a, a time and a place for it. And like, sexuality shouldn't be until you're older, yada, yada, yada. But who the fuck says so? Yeah, I I am so tired of like, they say like, who the, who the fuck are they? Like, there's no, <laughs> there's, no rule? there's no rule book anywhere. No. Oh, oh, I guess, I guess people could fight that the Bible is the rule book, but like, is it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but also they is what people use as a crutch when they don't have a good citation. Yeah. And I have a good citation right now. I'm going to share my screen with you guys. Okay. Um, this is from a study. Okay. I don't have the study information uh, immediate to me, but I'm going to share my screen here. I know this is in audio, even though I just criticize people for not having a citation. I'll come up with it. Um we will describe um, the image. That's the grad school in me, honestly. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to share uh, an, an image from, from a study about ideal bodies, okay. both men and women. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. But this, one's, this one is of uh, women. So for the people at home, when you can see it, People listening, can you can you guys see it? Okay, so we have an image of like two figures, like three D, like bad three D models. <laughs> no, just yeah, kidding. like Sims. <laughs> 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 Their skin um, looks kind of gray. I know they have yeah. weird. They, they look sickly in skin tone a little. Uh, <laughs> nice like side profile. <laughs> You're, you're getting caught up on the like computer generated nature of this all right like, but, but the the point can you describe is, the differences yeah everyone? can like, you zoom you in a little bit Aaron? yeah so two we women go. we've got one that seemingly has a little bit of a thinner waist a flatter butt and bigger boobs and then the mm -hmm. other figure is a similar body type it's the same woman but she's got a little bit more of a wider waist, maybe like mm. more frontward stomach, but like her mm. butt pops out. So there's just a general more. She's got thicker legs too. Thicker legs, thicker hips. Um, her and her breasts sit lower. Yeah, not they as sit lower. Yeah, they don't point out like the Marilyn Monroe kind of look, <laughs> like the other one does. The other one has right. like really weird boobs, to be honest. Like too big for the body, <laughs> non-proportional. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, they're, they're weirdly okay. beautiful. 
Yeah, they're both. Yeah, sorry. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't shame her boobs. This 3D model's boobs that are going to poke me in the eyes. And that's okay. That's okay. Well, um, do you want to know what these are representations of? Yes. So the one on the so the one on the left, like quickly run it back. The one, this one right the here. The bigger so boob, big, flatter butt. Flatter butt. Oh. And so this one is from a sample of women putting together an ideal body. Interesting. So this is, okay. This is what women think in the study is an ideal body. Okay. The one on the right is just average bmi on a computer scale she's beautiful men found that the yeah, men found this way more attractive oh uh, yeah i believe it i believe that yeah and yeah. but this is what women believe is the most ideal body when is this when was this done yeah what is year this, it's not, this feels very um, it's, before the kardashian jennifer lopez mo movement <laughs> um but you have to think it's um i believe it's 2017 or something like wow. I've, i'll have to go back and look it, it's recent enough that this still and it's you, relevant you'll get if you have a large enough sample size you'll get like a normalization mm -hmm. of what people think so like yeah this over here is what women believe is ideal and on the right men find more attractive so that was like something that i thought was interesting that was brought out um, uh, and again, I realize people are listening and they're like, there's a visual medium here. But no, it's fine. So basically, maybe we can share it on our non existent social media. Yeah, but. We can get there. Basically, there's a more voluptuous, full figured woman that has a more evenly distributed weight across her midsection, butt, and boobs. Whereas the first image feels very top heavy, if I may mm. say. Um, but that's interesting because I find this I find the second one more attractive, like a more Same. full figure. Yeah, me as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Same. Give me that booty. <laughs> Thinky thick girls. Even gay men think that's more attractive mm -hmm. for women. Like it's across the board. Yeah. Also in the same study, like less makeup, natural look was favored. Mm -hmm. Breasts, medium or average, not big um let's see uh different study found women overestimated preference for thinness um i've had uh, conversations with men where so like the second image where the stomach kind of like it no stomach is completely flat you know uh -uh. and right. i've had conversations with men where they they prefer that kind of like poof there like they like that I had a statement from someone who said, I don't know if it's just me getting older, but I find that sort of like pouch attractive because I think about putting babies in it. <laughs> I was like, interesting statement. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. And there is like sort of an evolutionary connection there. Yeah. <laughs> that's also a little heavy to hear, right? Yeah, it's a little heavy to hear, but I have very weird conversations with this person and I appreciate the weirdness that comes out of them but <laughs> um yeah that's my that's my partner's favorite part of my body and actually when we first started dating I was like you will never get me in a crop top hell to the no my dad used to call me fat like I was like I'm not trying to no I'm not trying to wear a crop top and then that dude after you know three months of him drooling over my belly um 
finally convinced me to wear a crop top. And now he, he's like, literally, it's my favorite part of you. Like, it's my favorite thing. So him loving it for me supported me and me allowing myself to love it for myself. That's so cute. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw a video, of course, like six months after, you know, I fall in love with my belly and there's this man and he's like, girls, stop trying to cover up that cute little belly because it's soft and sexy. And I was like, oh, that's why. Like, it's soft and sexy. Like, there's some type of like curves to it that mm -hmm. are just sexy. And I didn't ever have that perspective so like hearing it and then he, like my partner beating it into my head that he found it just so attractive I was like oh I just am not allowing myself to love this part about me mm -hmm. part of a different study um, confirmed that men like butts and big butts but the size had no correlation researchers found that the specific angle of what like the photo was taken Specific angles of spinal curvature mattered over size of the butt. So call Whitney Brewer for your <laughs> oh, angled spinal curvature needs. Isn't that interesting though? <laughs> like they, there's scientific the data to be like, if you put your ass out, even if you have no ass, <laughs> still works. Yeah, yeah I mean, you can, right. you can pop that out. Like just stand up straight. <laughs> 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 Yeah, you can. Yeah. If I actually like stand properly with my shoulders back, I actually, oh, this like made me so sad. I, uh, the, another girl was talking about, it, it was in the topic of posture and she was like, I'm so like, I don't like to do that. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't like to, it's hard for me to like stand straight properly because I'm so self-conscious of my boobs because they pop out, you know? And I'm like, Oh my God, fucking own that shit, girl. You have Badonko boobs, like fucking love it. Like <laughs> she does, she's got, he, she's always wearing those like poncho style sweaters. She's so nervous of her body. And I was like, don't fucking pop them out, pop it out. <laughs> I hate that. I hate hearing people say stuff like that. So I have a question. If we're telling, you know, it's so easy for us as, body positive advocates to say like, don't do that. Don't say that about yourself. Like, don't talk about yourself like that. Like what, what do you think is like the best advice you give someone struggling with that other than don't, because I feel like that's hmm. so easy for me to say. Yeah, and then true. people are like, that's easy for you to say, like, don't do that. But like, how, how do you, yeah. What's the journey look like if, instead of just being like, don't do that. Cause that's, it's frustrating for us because we've got it, but like, what is our journey look like so mm. that we could get here and what tools could we give other people to get to that place too? Ashley, I'd be curious about your perspective because you said that you, your family up, like your upbringing wasn't so like stressed on that. Like you had a pretty open, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, my biggest self-conscious growing up has just been my legs. Like I played every sport imaginable, like really athletic, kind of just like got the yams or whatever. <laughs> but um, I think sometimes you just like, especially just getting older, that's always been something I'm self-conscious about. Um, 
But no matter how much I work out, no matter how much I change my diet, like this is just my body. So I think it just is coming to that self-acceptance point. And it doesn't, for me personally, it didn't come from hearing that from someone else. Like Whitney said, her partner loved that certain tummy area from her. So like that was a a step in the right direction for her accepting herself. Like I didn't get that. No one has ever been like, I love your fat ass legs. Like I just want to like nuzzle those legs. Like that doesn't happen for me. (laughs) So for me, it just was realizing no matter like whatever I tried, like this was just going to be my body. Like it's just coming to terms. So like now, like I just embrace that. Yeah. And how would you like, so in relation to what Whitney was saying, like, how would you try to like discuss that with another person who had struggles with their body image? Like, I don't know, like, that's so hard to have those conversations. Um, yeah. Cause you don't want to be like, just stop because there's yeah, go home it's, and have those same yeah. thoughts. I mean, I guess it's just like, probably just repetition, like reiterating things that exactly. you love about them. I think that's probably the biggest thing, especially when it's like a friend or someone close to you. It's not just a one and done statement. Like you have to keep at it and it has to be subliminal, like just constantly feeding positive statements to them that are like low key, you know, kind of under the radar, but it gets subconsciously, it builds their confidence over time. I think having people around that are confident or at least um, not so repressed about themselves, like helps. Yeah. I'm sure Whitney probably everyone here like if you do something bold with your body you probably hear about it from somebody that like admires that you did it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um also ashley you're in luck um uh and part of the study notes that i did um fit athletic curvy thick thighs <laughs> underrated by men so <laughs> you just yeah there you go <laughs> they're out there so that like further like that further goes away from the the ideal image constructed or what what we sort of think is an ideal image right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean it's interesting because I mean was there ever really a time when this wasn't thought about so much like freaking pioneer days they just like were fighting to survive and stay away from all the pandemics happening around them like (laughs) yeah I mean, we've just gotten to a point where we have the ability to think about these things, but I just, honestly, I kind of wish it were a more simpler, like we didn't, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's funny to me that every single freaking day, there is something about your body happening through your mind at every, every single day. Like I just, it'd be nice to go one day to just not think about it and just live your life. <laughs> Like, oh, God, I don't know. My therapist said something to me a couple of weeks ago. Um, I called her for support on some anxiety issues that I was having. And she explained to me that there's two places that you can live. And she's like, one is ego and one is spirit. One is heart and one is mind. She's explaining all these things. And then she gets to the very bottom of the list and she goes, one is fear and the other is love. And I was like, oh fuck she's like so you can live in fear and you can just be scared all the time and you can react out of fear and you can think all the bad things are happening and the abandonment's happening and you know 
people are judging you and all these things, or you can live in love and you can be unconditionally loved. You can love unconditionally. It's easier. There's not as much stress. You're free. Like, and I was like, cool. Well, how do you get from one to the other? <clears throat> and this really landed for me and what's happening in this conversation it's landing for me as well. But I think not only is it about acceptance, um, because she did say, it, you know, it is acceptance. It has a, a lot to do with it, but also the second key component to that is gratitude mm-hmm. and practicing gratitude every day. So it's a combination of acceptance and gratitude to get to the place where you can finally love yourself. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. And it's hard, but it is hard because something that I struggle with is it, I, I don't exactly understand why it happens, but sometimes the more, and this kind of relates to what you were saying a, a little bit ago, Whitney, about like, you can't just say, don't do that because that's so harsh. And like, that doesn't give them any sort of like structure on what to do. It just says no, but it's right. a bit oversimplistic. It, this happens to me a lot with what you're saying. Like, for example, coming at me about like therapy or talking with people, like I sometimes oh, I'm trying to, I'm not, I'm trying not to lose my thought process here. <laughs> um, the more I'm pressured into like, think, uh, think highly of yourself, be positive, da, 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 da. like the more like scared I am of getting to that point And the more fear I have of like, am I even able to get to that point? Um, And that's kind of like the bot, like what I was going to talk about, what I looked at was some articles about how toxicity could come from the body positive movement. And some thoughts I thought of were like, the only thing I could really think is negative about it is perhaps like so much like uplifting thought processes, like think of yourself this way, think of yourself that way. And that's just someone being like, just think of yourself better. Just think better. Think better. You're good. You're great. You're you're good. You're great. Love yourself. That's so hard if you don't have like the structure to be able to do that mentally. So, and then you start to feel, yeah. And then you have pressure of feeling good because it's like, now I'm not only thinking about how do I get myself liking my body, but how do I get myself like practicing that and liking myself. And I don't, I don't even know how to like do that. Like now I feel pressured on being able to just do the mechanic, mechanical thought. Like now I'm having pressure of the mechanics, mechanics of getting to that mentally. And that can create pressure and like, well, all these people are so happy about their body. How do I get happy about their body? Why don't I feel happy about my body? How do I get to that point mentally? Then there's that pressure of getting to that point. So it's, it's all, it's just, it's a very tricky situation. And, and I think that's where grace comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where you're like, oh, to grace for me means an ebb and flow, mm-hmm. meaning what, what do they say? The, the bendiest tree weathers the most storms. So like when we're in flow and we're not expecting anything and we can just go with the flow, that's, um, that's when I think that like, we have all these expectations. Like, how do I get to that point? Why does that person doing it better than I am? And how do they like themselves more than me? Um, comparison, comparing and contrasting is the first thing that will set you back a million times. It's just comparison shopping on anything, lifestyle, 
um all job, of it it's so it. yeah and it also strips you of your authenticity no one is like you why the fuck would you want to be like anybody else mm-hmm. but that's what makes it so hard is i feel like it's always geared toward be like this be like them do this like i mean it's hard i'm preaching, authentic- I'm preaching authenticity in this podcast though yeah it's cheers just, to that yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know, before we end things, I do want to touch base a little bit. So we've kind of gotten on the subject of female body image a lot. I I do want to talk about male body image because it does do it. It does exist out there. And I've had Mm -hmm. so many men tell me they're uncomfortable with this, that and whatever. They don't feel good enough. They're also fighting the same fight of like the ideal man and the ideal body image of a man. So, and so Aaron, also, you can talk about this a little too, cause you are a man, mm, you're allowed. You <laughs> yeah. Like my, my sort of like struggle with body image. Um, it, 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 I think it, when I think about it, I think it's like unique to me, but like, it's probably not. So I'll share. Um, I was really obese as a kid. And um, I actually didn't lose um, what I consider to be like, I didn't really like, like really get to know my body until I like lost the weight, but there's scars from that too. Like I have a bunch of extra skin and like, that used to be the thing for me. Like no one's going to find this. Like, it was almost like a presentation thing. It's like, in some ways I could see like somebody that would be like, like a woman that would be self-conscious about her boobs or whatever, like trying to hide them or prop them up or whatever it was for me it was like hiding that sort of um because like I went from like 300 pounds to like 180 and in a short amount of time and like right before I met you Jess is like when I lost that weight so I used to be like a a big oh that's a fine it's okay we need we need to like adopt a fining systems for when I fuck up the production um but um but yeah, so like that for me was was my thing. Um, and there's other things too for men, like um, feeling good enough or, or um, and we, t- we sort of talked about it in the first episode. You guys talk about like being sort of the aggressors sometime, like with men and um, like that. I, I wonder if body image plays into that. And then, you know, like penis size and stuff like that. Like, yeah. it's so funny it goes on both ends like we're both so afraid of ourselves yet we can't approach one another. like oh gosh it's so funny to me my specific like body image problems never like even in a sexual sexual way like never got in the way so Mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's really weird because i feel like the more aggressive man stereotype is the most insecure is what I have learned from having conversations um I mean there's all kinds of level of insecurity but the stigma of like a Casanova player dude like they're usually dealing with a lot of insecurities more than like like culturally they will think um so it's yeah I mean at the end of the day but I'm, it, this is kind of just like a little fun moment. I'm curious. Uh, you know, we had that little image of the women's ideal body type. Like, 
I'm kind of curious what Ashley and Whitney, what's your kind of like favorite male image? Like maybe this will get, give some perspective for other male listeners. Like, oh, they like that? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> I'm so um, glad that you asked that. Um, I'm into, I'm into thick boys. Mm. I like them thick. Like thick, yeah. I like them thick. I've I don't know. I always have. Um, okay. all of the men in my family are like six four and like two hundred pounds, so they're pretty skinny and tall. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just got this. I don't know. It's my flavor. Mm, yeah, I like <laughs> I like the tummy. Like I don't necessarily want like a super washboard ab thing. Oh like, no. I actually like Mm-mm. it when they have a little little poof. Like I think it's cute, and I like to pick. I love picking belly button lit out of their pants. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> That's authentic as fuck. I think I'm like, who is in your belly button? No. Let's get it out. Let's, let's have, we have a new friend. <laughs> oh, I love. I'm not a big fan of belly button lint, but I respect it. Um, (laughs) I also love the thick boys. They just make me feel tiny and loved and protected. So I love that. Um, It's like a teddy bear thing. (laughs) Yes, exactly. My biggest thing is just, I love tall boys. And like, for me, it's like the hairier, the better. Like I want the (laughs) bushy eyebrows. I want that bush that's not been tamed. Like I want a wilderness. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, I like them hairy. Oh, yes. Do we just become best friends? We might. (laughs) Also, freckles and moles. I just lose my mind. Like, my current guy has, like, a million moles, and I just am drooling. (laughs) I love that. That's so cute. As somebody that does not have a bunch of body hair, like, I'll just have to um, rest on the fact. And there are some, like, there were some studies that say, like, height matters a lot for, um, women like that sort of stereotype like sort of holds true uh um, i know i so... feel bad for guys that are shorter than me because i'm like man you know yeah. what's really sad is like i'm six foot two but i don't have any body hair i'm not i haven't even hit puberty yet so. <laughs> you that have hair on your me. face yeah you have a beard erin <laughs> he goes. worked really hard for that beard <laughs> <laughs> You know, I like looking at pictures of you without looking at pictures of you without your beard. Now it's like daunting to see. I'm like, whoa, beardless Aaron. I'm not used to it. <laughs> I look I look like a thumb without a beard. So Stop I think it. I have to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh man. Yeah. I the height thing sucks because I'm victim of that. Holy moly. Like I I remember very vividly a particular person I saw on a dating app and I was like oh yeah okay I'm into it yes yes give me more and then right at the end he's like I'm 5'4 and I was like (laughs) (laughs) there's some science that suggests that's true and I feel bad for those uh, like I always thought like shorter dudes were like cute but also I I feel like um being six foot two like I don't feel like I actually live at that height really like I feel like a like a smaller physical person weirdly mm-hmm. <laughs> so um I don't know why it's a thing I don't I, I yeah, don't know I don't know I don't know why I need even just a, 
couple inches taller than me. I just need a couple inches. I can't, I don't know. It's why. just preference. I always, and that's another thing too, is we're shaming ourselves for what we like. And in reality, and in reality, like it's not against the shorter dudes. It's just that that's what we prefer. And so like letting go of shame in that department too, has also been so supportive for me in my sexuality journey. So I encourage it for you too. Like don't, uh, you don't have to feel bad for what you like. You can totally just accept it and be grateful for it. I know. Gosh, Whitney, I need to be, you, you need to be around my life more often. Cause like I am a right vic- here. I know I am a victim of that. So bad. I am constantly like, I feel bad for thinking this. I feel bad for thinking that I feel bad for that. I need to be more this. I need to be more that. Da, 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 da. Like I'm always trying to be the most neutrally perfect person in every social situation. And it's so exhausting because you're right like you're you can think how you want to think like it's fine to have those preferences I had a friend of mine I made a connection call with someone yesterday who told me that he wants to teach dominance and submissiveness in couples Mm. which I thought was like really like such a cool connection call but he said something yesterday that really resonated with me and he said um when we when we have wants and desires, it doesn't, he's like, just because we have those wants and desires, it doesn't mean that they're illegal. He said, they're still up in our head and we can write them down in like a journal or whatever. And it can be the most nasty shit that anybody has ever fucking thought of, but yet it's just for you. And like, Mm -hmm. for you making it wrong for yourself, it's not wrong. It's just something that you thought of. And like, we're humans and we have millions of thoughts going through our head all day long. So judge it, like stopping it and judging it um, I like to just say like, let the thoughts come and go like clouds. So like, let it pop in and like, oh, I just had that thought and let it go. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> let the thoughts come and go like clouds. And it takes practice. You know, I had to write that on a note, like a note card on my door. So every time I would leave, I'd be like, oh, okay. Let the thoughts come and go like clouds. Cause it's practice. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just like your dreams. Those don't make any goddamn sense. Those are just like- right. Right. Nonsense. <laughs> Do you judge those? No. no. <laughs> right. You're like, I'm gonna, I just had the most fucked up dream. Like I would literally walk around and be like, I just had the most fucked up thought. Let let me I just had a dream about putting a dildo in an alligator's mouth inside of talking about the, the alligator Steve, whatever name, what you know what I'm saying? Like it can be yeah. the most awkward, weird thing and be like, let me just share this funny thought with you because this just popped in my head and it's kind of freaky. So <laughs> and I'm that. not gonna judge it. Yeah, no, I love that. I, yeah, I think that's, I'm so, I was just telling a friend yesterday, like, I know that you, they would not have liked me in my early twenties because I was so self-conscious and nervous to like say anything on my mind. And I was such a sheep and I followed everyone around and I just like, oh, we're in this conversation. I agree with all of you. Oh, we're talking about this now. Okay. Well, I agree with all of that. And like, I just never, I'm so proud of finally getting to a point where I say what I want to say and I do what I want to do. And I'm finally getting to a point. And I think 2020 did help a little. It finally, like, it, like I was getting there and I was there, but it finally just was like, boom, plummet into the no fucks given, (laughs) like, just get there now. There you go. (laughs) It is, it is a, it is a breath of fresh air just to like be in your skin, in your thoughts and not worry about what other people are going to think about it. 
I do have a funny question. It's a little off topic, uh, off topic, but I think it would might perhaps be a good segue into a future episode and kind of like a good ending topic for the episode today. You were talking about like preferences. Uh, I'm curious if you guys watch porn and what you search for in porn. (laughs) (laughs) Do you watch porn? Who, me? I, yeah, I watch porn. Ashley, do you watch porn? Of course. I watch porn by myself and with my partner. <laughs> Dude, people tell me they don't watch porn, and I'm like, come on. Come on. I have a girlfriend who does not watch porn, like, ever. Never. And she rarely She's masturbates. She's missing out. She's and missing she, out. Well, this is what's so funny, is this girl... I will not divulge names, but people in this conversation, Aaron might know who I'm talking about. Um... <laughs> This person does not hardly masturbate, doesn't watch porn, but used to be in a relationship with a woman where she peed in their in her mouth and they peed in her mouth. So, like, I don't know what happened along the lines of growing up for her that suppressed her and repressed her more. But she was more freaky young and is like significantly more like straight and narrow, sort of prudish now. It's interesting to me. <laughs> And I don't, I, 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 that kind of, I don't know how that happens. I don't know. But my point was, shame, I'm sure. My point was, is she doesn't really watch porn, but I know majority of people do. Um, well, I read an entire book that was just on data sets. All right, here comes the research nerd again. Um, <laughs> where um, the, there was a chapter in it where they, like pornhub.com like release their Mm -hmm. like relatively anonymous data but like search data and like basically everyone watches porn i know some people genuinely don't but like the like porn consumption um and especially in areas that sort of admonish it the most like utah like some of the freakiest searches from there like Mm -hmm. um some uh in that data set it was um uh had some very interesting sort of revelations about like what women search for mm, that mm-hmm. i thought were women are nasty <laughs> yeah we is oh yeah <laughs> i know it's a future episode so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna reveal what what that is you'll have to that's my radio tease i guess but i ooh. definitely search for some nasty shit i i look up i've looked up tentacle porn Yep, I've looked up Ooh. like, oh yeah, it's weird. Um, what's even really weird is when there are like sort of like Japanese, Asian, like uh it's not anime, it's like live action tentacle tentacle porn. It's weird. <laughs> Fascinating. I'm gonna have to look it up. It looks like a bad episode of the Power Rangers or something. Like it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay. It's just it's like weird, like. I don't know, but yeah, I've looked up some freaky shit. It's I'm to tie it back. Are you judging the women's bodies in these tentacle porn? I'm like, not. Are you like no. looking at their flaws? No, no you're not. Of course, no, no. You're not. no, 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 no. And the, and they're always full bush. Anything involving Asians are full bush. It's great. <laughs> I think my most looked at porn. I think my most looked at porn search right now is probably threesomes with females and males or. Um, 
trans women or men. Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I guess I would call myself gender fluid or I, I'm attracted to just all the people. I'm just attracted to humans. And so, um, yeah, I guess multiple people is what I'm looking at more so than anything. Dope. Gang bangs. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that too. But that like that, that gang bangs, I, I'm like, I I'm interested in looking at it, but I think for me being in a space like that, I'm like, I, I feel responsible to take care of everybody at the same time. So I'm yeah. like, I, I can't take care of a gangbang. Like, I yeah. to take care of everybody. And She's like, the I orgy mom. Care. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I can't take care of everybody at the same time. At, at the um, <laughs> at this future episode, there's actually some data to suggest that that women women look for porn um, it, as a personal experience, like. A, gangbang porn or whatever but we'll openly say i don't really want to participate in that i just want to like it's more of a like a sort of a voyeur move yeah yeah um, but the underlying reasons like wanting to take care of everyone <laughs> yeah obviously. Like you're like passing out juice boxes like i'm just <laughs> hydrate yeah hydrate <laughs> Guys, not like that. I don't have I don't have enough orifices for all of the penises. Is what I'm getting at. <laughs> well, Whitney, you definitely are invited to my orgy. <laughs> yes, thank you. That's amazing. I, I feel safe in that space. <laughs> well, I think the the ending sort of thoughts here are just just love yourself. However you need to, don't feel pressure to think any certain way. Just be your authentic self, as Whitney says. And we're all in this fight together is sort of the fucking quote of 2020. But I don't mean in the pandemic sense. I mean in the self-love sense, you know, we're Mm. all in this together. And, you know, whatever your parents did to you, you don't have to listen to them anymore. You're an adult. It's true. You're an adult. You can make your own decisions. I will say I never thought my parents like opinions would be so saturated in my life in my the thir- into my 30s. Like I have to be like, I'm in my 30s. Like I am my own fucking adult. Like you cannot tell me what to do anymore. Like stop mm-hmm. it. Stop doing that. <laughs> God. So you are an adult listener. Don't don't get it twisted. Like be you, be you. <laughs> Um, be kind to yourself be kind kind to others exactly yeah no and I mean and don't feel pressured to think any certain way just just you know if you need to unplug unplug and just take a bath relax listen Mm. to some good music maybe flick the bean or jerk off masturbate Mm -hmm. yeah mass dude (laughs) if any of you listening don't actually give yourself enough self-love fucking masturbate i'm telling you right now get nasty i don't care it's fun it's liberating i like (laughs) i'm serious like i get i love masturbating because i can literally do and think whatever i want and i get off so fast i love it (laughs) (laughs) so that's my ending statement just masturbate Just play with yourself. Just play with yourself and you'll feel so much better about everything in the world because you'll be like, I'm fucking satisfied. I don't, I don't, I don't. 
like, I don't need to listen to this bullshit <laughs> in the media. Like, I'm just going to go masturbate. <laughs> It'll solve all your problems. I think that that's probably a healthier approach than a lot of people are going I through agree, right now. Aaron. Whitney, thank you so much for being on yes, our episode you. today. Hey, thanks for having me. It was so much wisdom. <laughs> I know. Yes, you are a breath of fresh air and a ray of light in this dark world. <laughs> thanks, thanks y'all. You're welcome. I'm going to go masturbate. Yes! <laughs> Before you go do that, um, what is your what is your Instagram handle? Uh, it is at Whitney Brewer underscore. How do you spell brewer? Just in case anyone doesn't Like know. a brewery, B-R-E-W-E-R. <laughs> nice. And Whitney is spelled W-H-I-T-N-E-Y, like Whitney Houston, without the crack. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Don't do crack, kids. Ironically, ironically, my boyfriend's name is Robert, so people call us Bobby and Whitney, and I'm like, this is not funny. Oh. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is not funny, guys. That's kind of cool. Um, Jess, yeah. Ashley, are you going to go do a shoot with Whitney? I absolutely will. I'm so excited. You guys yes. like a best friend shoot. That'd be so fun. Just like, have you guys seen the pictures from Emily's shoot? Yes, yes. I love those. Mm, I know. They're we so had good. so much fun. So that was good. that was during a pandemic. Can you imagine what it would be like after everyone has like vaccines and we can actually like be around and hug each other and touch mm. each other? Oh. So yes. close. So close. <laughs>